I mean, know some hurting people right now. Some pe- you know, I know some people right now, they're on the brink of suicide. Amen. They're ready to give up. And, and Jesus said, that's why I came. He said, I didn't come for, the, for those who are well. I came for those who are what? Sick. Amen. And so he came for those who are sick. But saints, uh, there's something I call the sin of silence. Amen. The sin of silence. Sometimes we can be silent about our faith because we don't know how to share our faith. Now, here's the thing I want you to know. When somebody comes to you and say, you know, I got a problem, right? What's the first thing we say to them? (laughs) What's the problem? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. What's wrong? Okay. What else do we do? Tell, Tell me what else we do. Okay, we pray, we pray about it, right? We tell them to pray. We pray about it, right? Here's the question. Do you think that the problem really got fixed? What do you think the first thing that we should do? Hmm? There you go. Find out if what? They are what? A sinner. It seems like that word today It's a foreign word. People don't want to use that word anymore, right? They don't want to use the word sinner, right, because it offends. Am I right about it? Doesn't it offend? It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm a sinner? I mean, seriously? You you know what I mean? You know, you're like, man, what what do you mean? Why are you calling me out? That's why I don't go to church because everybody in there is a hypocrite. I heard a guy, guy, I saw a guy post on on Facebook, he said, I would rather be an honest sinner, amen, than a hypocrite. And I'm saying to myself, that just doesn't make any sense to me because I've never met an honest sinner. (laughs) See what I'm saying? So you're willing to take the chance of spending eternity in hell than being a hypocrite. Amen. Now, a hypocrite is one who wears a mask. I told you that that Greek word is hypocritas in the Greek. And the word means to wear a mask. The word means a a hypocrite is really an actor. You know, we know how to act. Amen. We have a face for church. Come on, somebody. We have a face when we're dating. And then you find out who you're really dating. Amen. And so we all have a different mask Amen. For different occasions. And so when, when you find someone in trouble, right, because you're gonna, God is going to give you opportunities to meet people and to touch their lives, right? And so here's the thing. When you meet these people, it's real important that you know how to lead them to Jesus. You know, there are people, and I know some of you have matured, Right? where people used to talk to you about their problems and you'd be like, girl, you know, I know what's going on. You know what I mean? You don't have to, you know, da 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 Yeah, just, just leave them, girl. You know what I mean? You know, and you're giving him, you're giving them advice, but you're not giving them what? Spiritual advice. Amen. And so it's real important that we understand that the greatest gift that we can give any person is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, here's the thing. After you're saved now, it's the sanctification process. What is sanctification? 
proximity. I used to say it was what? Process. It's proximity. It means are you getting closer to who? To Jesus. Are you getting closer to Christ? Because watch this. The closer you get to Christ, the more you will shed off some of those bad things, amen, in your life. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, you know what? I want to live right. You can't live right till you shed off some of those stuff that's going on in your life. And the only way to do that is to get closer to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. So let's look at why we must multiply. All right, somebody read for me. The Bible what? What did God say to the first created people? Be fruitful and what? Multiply. Be what? Be fruitful and what? Multiply. Go ahead. All right, so let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Verse 27. God created man in his own what? Now that word image, it means likeness. So therefore we share the same attributes of God. Isn't that something? We are not God but we share what's called the communicable attributes. And there are incommunicable attributes. Amen? So we don't have God's power, but we have some power. Come on, somebody. We can show love, therefore God is love. Those are attributes that we... Listen, this is why it's real important that you don't hate people. No matter how difficult they may be, or no matter what they have done to you, they are still made in the image, ego am I, in the image of God. Amen. And this is why we don't give up on people no matter how bad off they may be. Amen. A lot of people, a lot of people give up on people because they're like, they, they're doing bad. They're not, they're not living right. They're not doing this. But here's the thing. We ought not to give up on them because they are still made. Look what the text says. The text says God created who? Man in his own image. And what? And in the image of God, he created him. What? Both male. Let's talk. Both what? I'll say it one more time. Let me make sure the mic is on. But what? Does it, does it say other? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Does it say other? Male and what? Y'all get the picture. Amen. Now, here's the thing. He says male and female, right? And he says to them what? 
Let's read on. And God what? Verse 28. God blessed them and God said to them, male and female. Am I right about it? Be what? Be what? And do what? And do what? And fill the earth and subdue it. Male and female will come together and be fruitful and what? And what? Multiply. Unless you're barren, amen, you ought to what? Multiply. Now let's bring that into the context of the church. Amen. If we, are, last year, we led, how many? I, I think it's 130 people to Christ. I believe we were fruitful. Amen. We multiplied. Now, that wasn't just from being here. It's like going places and talking to people about Jesus, witnessing and stuff like that. So for the church, God expects the church to be fruitful. Listen, if we're not producing other believers, if we're not, people are not getting saved and restored and come back to the Lord, then we are literally a barren church. But the text says that God told them to be what? Fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. And do what? And subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the earth. So in other words, God gave them authority. God gave them a stewardship. So, so man and woman comes together. See, this is the thing. You know, you got to be careful. When you come together in marriage is to multiply so that you can continue to fill the earth. And as long as we've been a church, we have to, if, listen, if we stop winning souls and if people stop coming to church and if we're not multiple, you say, well, I don't have friends. I, don't, I only talk to a few people. People don't want to come to my church. I don't know why they don't want to come to my church. Amen. I mean, you know, I've been trying. I've been talking to them, Pastor. But here's the thing. We still have to be what? Fruitful. God has made us that way. Watch this. Read the next. Read the next sentence in our handout tonight, and I'll show you something. Watch this. In the natural world, men and women reproduce themselves by having children. In the natural world, what happens? Men and women do what? They reproduce themselves by having children. They multiply what? Physically. Spiritual multiplication is done by reproducing spiritually. A believer reproduces by sharing the gospel with others, leading them to become believers and establishing them as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. See that? So as a believer, you and I all have a responsibility to be what? Fruitful and to what? Multiply. In the spiritual realm, 
How do we multiply in the spiritual realm? We share the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Of Jesus Christ, the ascension. All right? So the gospel is Jesus. And remember what I've been talking about on Tuesday nights. I've been talking about lordship. Here's the thing. Jesus, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, then something else is. Now, what God wants us to be, he wants us to be fruitful. Let me say this to you. A fruitful Christian is a happy Christian. Listen, when you can watch someone that you know that was far away from God, and then all of a sudden you share the good news with them, and they accept Jesus Christ, and they come into the kingdom of God, and they accept Jesus, and they start living. See, that's where that word disciple comes in. What does the word disciple mean? It means to teach them to be a learner. So the disciple is. A disciple is a follower or a learner. And saints, listen, the church is not just going to grow. Now, there's different ways to grow a church. You can grow a church by music. Amen. You can grow a church by concerts. You can grow a church on false doctrine. We can grow a church by pizza and Pepsi and you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you can have raffles and uh, you understand what I'm saying? You can, you can offer a whole lot of gimmicks, but here's the thing. Here's how you separate the men from the boys. You don't have to use gimmicks. You just have to simply present the gospel. Present the gospel. You see, because it's the gospel that saves people. Are you following me tonight? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. In the beginning of the world, God's first command of his newly created people was to multiply. His first command to recreate, to, I'm sorry, to the recreated, born again believers is the same. We are to multiply what? Spiritually and what? All right, we are to do what? Multiply what? Spiritually and fill the earth with others like ourselves. My goodness. People who love God and walk in fellowship what? With him. Go to Mark. Listen, if you are a born again believer, you and I should be reproducing people just like ourselves. It's, it's natural. And, and listen, not everybody in here is barren. Amen. We ought to have some spiritual kids. Come on, somebody. Amen. He said, I, I got some physical kids I need to get rid of. But. Amen. You know, when you lead somebody to Christ, you know what? It's a responsibility. It really is because you got to help them to grow. That's why you got to bring them to church, get them to the house of God, and then we do the rest. All you have to do is get them here. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, get them here. That's all you got to do. It may take a while, but you got to get them here. <laughs> Amen. Go to Luke chapter 5 for me and verse 10. Luke chapter 5 and verse 10. We're going to look at some scriptures now. Luke chapter 5. I love this teaching. 
and verse 10. And um, this is Jesus' first disciples, okay? Let's go to verse 1, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. Look what it says. It says, now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word, notice what they were listening to, y'all. The word of God. And he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was what? Simon's. And he asked him to put it out a little way off the land. And he sat down and began what? Teaching the people from the boat. See, the first thing that you got to remember is this, is you have to use, you have to make what you have available to God. Simon did not even know, this is Peter, right? His name was Simon before God changed his name. But Simon was willing to allow Jesus to use his boat as a pulpit. Come on, somebody. He was willing to use his boat to become a platform where Jesus could preach the word of God. Come on, somebody. See, you, sometimes you got to open up your home. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm talking about, listen, you can take what you learn on Sunday, right, and get with some people that you know who don't want to go to church and say, hey, listen, let me show you what I learned on Sunday. Let me share with you, amen. Let me use my car. Let me use my, my home. Let me use whatever I can use so that I can share the good news. Amen. Saints, we are called to multiply. God wants us to multiply. Look what he says in the passage. It says he began to teach them and went, verse 4, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for what? A catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, watch this now. See, when you use what God when God can use what you have, amen, you may have been unsuccessful before in life, but when you use what you have for God's glory, you will become a success. Watch the text. The text says, Master, we've worked hard what? All night and caught what? Nothing. You ever been there before? You caught nothing. You went all night long. Come on, somebody. You've been working. You've been working. You've been working. You've been working, and you caught nothing. You've been unsuccessful in every attempt that you've tried in life, every business venture, everything you've done. You've tried to do better, but from the moment you surrendered it to God to use it so that others would be multiplied, God will cause you to get a blessing. Watch this. They said they caught nothing all night. But, but watch what he says. He says, but I will do as you say and let down. Saints, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that you got to let down your nets. You have to become like a fisherman for Jesus. But you have to make yourself available and the things that you have, you ought to offer it up to God and say, God, if it's my house, you can use it. If it's my car, you can use it. If it's my mind, you can use it. If it's my life, you can use it. God, use me for your glory. Amen. Now watch this. They had been unsuccessful all night. Verse 6. 
And, we, and when he had done this, they enclosed what? <laughs> A great quantity of what? Fish. And their nets begin to what? Break. In other words, I believe that if we get back to what's important in the church, you know what's important? What's important, y'all? Say it, say it, sister. Saving souls. Multiplying. How many spiritual children do you have? How many people have you reproduced in the kingdom of God? I believe that if you make yourself available to God and allow God to use you to multiply, I believe that he'll give you more than enough. The text says, watch this. Here's what's so interesting about this. Jesus was focused on the spiritual while Peter had been unsuccessful in the natural, but from the moment he yielded what he had, oh my gosh, amen, he became a success overnight. God, listen, when you commit yourself, you're not gonna miss out. When you, listen, listen, when you surrender your life to Christ, the devil will get you to think you're missing out. You, you're missing some good stuff out here. But let me tell you something. There's a difference when Jesus blesses it than when the devil blesses it. See, the devil will have you frustrated with empty nets. But Jesus can fill your nets. I'm going somewhere with this. Watch what he says, watch what he says, watch what he says. Verse 7. So they signaled to their what? Partners in the other boat. Notice what they did. You got to catch this. They signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come. See, here's the thing. Folk will only show up sometimes. Amen. When they see that you're blessed, but you got to always remind them that this blessing came from God. I wish I had somebody. Watch the text. The text says they, part, they were partners in other boats for them, and he called them to help them, and they came and filled what? Both of the boats, so they began to what? Sink. You know what I'm figuring out tonight, what I'm getting tonight from the Holy Spirit? We've been focused on the wrong things. If we focus on God's business, if we focus on multiplying, when I walk in here on Sunday morning, I'm not walking in here by myself. Listen, we've been walking with empty nets for too long. And listen, it's time for us to let Jesus use our lives as a pulpit, as a platform so that somebody else will come to know him and then he will fill your nets. Is that powerful? Watch this. Watch this. They begin to sing. Go on to the next verse. Verse 8. What does verse 8 say? Verse 8 says, look at verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw that, what, what did he do? What did he do, y'all? See, I want to show you something. You don't want to be the kind of person that 
after Jesus fills your net. Come on, somebody. Listen, you may be in a bad place tonight. Come on, somebody. Life may not be going the way you want it to go, but I promise you in a blink of an eye, Jesus can turn your situation around. I want to tell you something. He can fill your nets tonight. But here's the difference between a person who appreciates what God has done for them. They don't run away from him with the nets. I know a bunch of people, their boats are full right now. Amen. But you know what? The fish is stinking right now. You know why? <laughs> Amen. Because when they got what they got from Jesus, guess what they did? They ran away. But watch what Simon did. The Bible says that Simon, but Simon Peter saw that. He, what did he do when he saw this, y'all? He fell down at his Jesus' feet saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, oh Lord. You know what he saw? He saw in the midst of this blessings, he saw his sinfulness. See, before you can claim Jesus as Lord, and before you can commit your life to Christ, you have to see yourself, Sister Alma. We talked about this last night. You have to see yourself as a what? As a sinner. What? Watch this. He could have gotten caught up on the blessing. And that's why most people come to church today. They want a blessing. They want a quick blessing. They, they, amen. They think it's the quick fix place. Amen. I'm low. I'm at, I'm at the bottom. And then the prosperity preachers, it doesn't make it any better. Amen. <laughs> come get it, come get it, come rub it. Amen. And you'll get it. 1995. And you'll get a cloth and some ball. I wish I had somebody. But see, the difference between Peter and a lot of people, look what Peter did. Peter said, the Bible says, Peter said, Peter fell to his feet. Look what he said. He says, go away from me, Lord, for I am a what? Verse 9, for amazement had seized him and all of his what? Companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. Listen, listen, listen. You know what I believe? I believe that sometimes God has to really show us Somebody here, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Every month, amen, you living from paycheck to paycheck. Come on, somebody. But yet the God you serve has proven to you time and time again that he's the kind of God that will help you. He's the kind of God that will bring you through it. But look what the text says. The text says that they became amazed. The question I have for you. See, here's the thing. They were amazed at the catch. Because they had been unsuccessful all night long. Can I ask you something? How long you been on that boat? How long have you been doing it by yourself. 
How long have you been, yeah, Lord, how long have you been living your life according to your own standards? See, the text says, Peter, they were amazed. And look at verse 10. And so also were what? James, John, the son of Zebedee, who were what? See, 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 these, you know what I love about this? Don't be afraid to bring Jesus to the marketplace. What I'm trying to say is don't be afraid to bring Jesus to the job. Bring him with it. Bring him with you. And what he'll do through your life, see, here's the thing. It's not about what you do here. You just come to this place to get equipped so that when you walk out of here, people are looking at your life saying, man, there's something about this man. There's something about this woman. There's something about this child. There's something about you that tells me that I can do, amen, more than where I can be better. Your life tells a story. And, and you know what I found out, saints? Do you know why we're not multiplying sometimes? Because people don't like what they see when you leave here. You're saying you get you short with everybody? Uh-oh, uh-oh, let me, let me, let me talk to you a minute. Amen. Yeah. You got an attitude? Amen. Amen. You cuss? Y'all sure got quiet. Amen. You, 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 you in the break room cussing with everybody at the job? You doing what they're doing? Amen. Hmm. How can you invite them to church if you look just like them? Notice what the text says. And so also were James, John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, watch this. What did he say to Simon, y'all? From now on. Amen. He said, from now on, you'll be catching me in. Not, not for that reason. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You're catching men so that you can bring them to the Lord. All right? All right? Amen. Amen. So what did God do? God changed their what? Their occupation. In other words, he called them, amen, to be fishers of men. And look what the text says. The text says, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left, watch this now. They left what? You see, here's the thing. The question is, how committed are you? See, you know, God has done so much for me. First of all, let me say this to you. 
The only way that we can become a multiplying church is if we have compassion for lost people. Some people, they got it, and they're like, I got mine. You get yours. And all I'm concerned about is me. But Jesus said, hey, from now on, you're not going back to that job. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. From now on, you know, Lord, you're not going back to that job. I, 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 got so, I got a better job for you. And that job is to bring you, amen, to, into my kingdom so that you can bring other people into my kingdom. In other words, you become a multiplier. You become an influence. You become a person who can change lives. Listen, I know that you may struggle with certain things in your life, but you got to remember God wants to use you for his glory. The question is, are you available The text says, look what the text says in verse 11. Verse 11, the text says, and when they had brought them the boats to land, you know what they did? They turned their backs on family. They turned their their backs on on their entrepreneur, on their business. And they followed Jesus. Can I ask a question? Are you that committed? Well, you will follow him. He's been good to you. How many can say he's been good to you? How many can truly say? If it had not been for God. And let me tell you something. What God is doing in your life right now, let me tell you what he's doing. He's building He's shaping, he's molding you, he's, he's, he's pulling some stuff, stuff out, not so that you can sit back here in Pearland, okay, in our little church, right, and nobody knows about it. God wants to give you some exposure. He wants you to be, watch this, a difference maker. He wants you Amen. To leave all that stuff behind and follow him. The question is, are you willing to answer the call? See, today we we won't answer the call because we got all kinds. Remember I told you about the man who said, well, let me go bury my my, my dad. His dad wasn't even dead. (laughs) He wanted to go back and sit around and wait till his daddy died. He had no idea when his dad was going to die. And the Bible says no one putting his hands to the what? To the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. See? God wants to use your life to infect somebody else's life. But you have to be willing to give up some stuff. Amen. So that someone else can come in. Amen. The Bible, if you look at your handout, the Bible reveals God's method of spiritual multiplication. So a method is a what? A plan for accomplishing a specific goal. Right? The goal never changes. 
we are to reproduce spiritually and reach the entire world with what? There are different methods by which this goal may be what? Accomplished. Every believer is to share. Listen, listen to what I said. Every what? I'm saying it one more time. Every what? Okay, so we're getting ready to start off, kick off our outreach ministry <clears throat> starting this year. And I pray that every believer here would volunteer at least one time out one 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 time out of the month, you know, out of the twelve months, one one time to say, I want to go out with the outreach ministry. Amen. And I want to go reach somebody for Jesus. Here's the thing. Are you courageous enough and will you be courageous enough this year? This morning, right? You know, I ride my bike. Uh, this morning I'm riding. I got down to my route. It was like 7:12, And who do I see sitting out there in the park in the cold? The Jehovah Witness. And I'm saying to myself, man, these people are committed. Why are they? Do you know why they're committed? It's fear. It's salvation by works. They believe that if they don't do that, they're not going to heaven. Here we are as believers of Jesus Christ, faith alone and Christ alone, but we sleep. <laughs> We're like, shoot, I ain't getting up that early. I ain't getting up that early. You can forget about that. Amen. I'll be in my bed. It's cold out there. And they out there with their coats on and they handing out magazines. And I'm saying to myself, wow, what, what commitment. But we as evangelical believers, it's faith alone in Christ alone, right? But we're less committed. Just imagine if we had, now listen, Peter and, and all the rest of the disciples did not, just because their nets were filled, come on somebody, they didn't stop following Jesus after that. As a matter of fact, it tells you they left everything to follow the one who will continue to fill their nets. Come on somebody. See, God is not a one-time blesser. And if you commit your life to him, he will continue time and time again to bless you. And here's the thing. Here's what some of you have learned. Part of the process of growing up as a disciple of Jesus Christ is suffering. How many of you have suffered? How many of you have been through some stuff? And here's the thing. The fact that you're still here says something. It says that you believe in the one who can bring you through the suffering. The one who can hold you up when you're weak. Come on, somebody. The one who can hold your hands when you, when you lose your way. The one who can, yeah, pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on a solid ground. The one who can change your mind when you lose your mind. The one who can encourage you is the one that you must draw near to. See? 
What I love about these disciples is the fact that, yes, they didn't get it right all the way, but the, but the bottom line was the text says they left everything and followed him. And then they, they, they participated in miracles. May I say this to you right now? What's holding you back from serving him, from living for him? Just imagine this. If you have experienced the goodness of God at some point in your life, anybody experienced the goodness of God? Even if you don't have that feeling right now, it's going to come again. But may I ask you something? Do you think it's going to come just because you shrink back? Of course not. It will come as you continue to what? To live for him. See, what we think we're ready for, we're not. So therefore, God has to allow us to go through a series of tests so that he can refine us and build us and strengthen us so that somebody else could look at your life and say, you know what, I want to follow Jesus. See, when I look at your life, I want to ask the question, when somebody looks at your life, the question is, do they want to follow Jesus? Is that something? Go to John 15, 16. Let me show you something. Look at verse 12. This is my commandment that you were, just as I have won. Greater love has no one than this, than the one that laid down his life. You are my friends. If you what? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. You know why he calls you friend? No, because you're doing what he commands you to do. And what does he command us to do? Matthew 28 and 18. Go ye therefore and make disciples. And when you do what Jesus says to do, when you obey, the Bible says, blessed is he who have not seen me, but yet believe. You're more blessed for not, by not seeing Jesus than you are by seeing Jesus and believe. So what does that mean? That is faith. Am I right about it? Now watch this. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, he says, no longer do I call you what? Slaves, for the slave does not know what the what? Master is doing. What else? But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to who? To you. Now watch this. Verse 16. You, come on somebody, come on somebody. You ought to be shouting right now. You ought to be shouting right now. This, this is a shout moment right here. Listen, as good as you, as gooding as you thought you was, 
That's ebonics, y'all. Amen. As good as you thought you was, he says, you did not what? Choose me. But I chose who? And why did I choose you? Why did I choose you? Did I choose you? So, listen, I think Vision Church, I think we're a good, I think we are, we're one of the best kept secret in Texas. And I'm not just tooting my own horn here. I just believe that. But here's the thing. If we're going to win souls this year, and if we are going to be the people that obey God, and if we are going to be friends of God, how many want to be a friend of God today? If you're going to be a friend of God, he says, you didn't choose me, but I what? Choose you and what? Appointed you that you will what? You will go and what? Go and do what? What does that mean? Multiply. Let me show you something. $10 bill, right? How many want it? How many want it? How many want it? I'm saying, how many, how many want it? It's still valuable. No matter how much I crumple it up, no matter how much I stepped on it, what does it have? Oh, say it one more time. It has what? It has value. You did not choose him. No matter how much you've been stepped on, no matter how much you've been crumpled up, no matter how much Satan then kicked you to the side, you have been chosen by God. I'm going to give this in my offering tonight. It's still good, right? The value is still there. No matter how much you take it and step on it and treat it bad, it's, listen, some of us, this is how we look right now. <laughs> We've been wrinkled up. We've been stepped on. We've been lied on. We've been lied to. We've been ran over. But we still got value. Give God a hand clap of praise. You still have value. You're still valuable. And don't let anybody stop and tell you that you're not worth anything. Jesus said, you didn't, look, the fact that he's chosen me, I am so blessed tonight to even have that thought in my mind that God has chosen me. I was just like this when he found me, beat up, stepped on. Messed over. But yet he chose me. And watch what he said. He says, I've chosen you that you, in spite of how you feel, listen, you know what I found? You know why I found out some Christians are going through quote unquote depression? Some of you have no purpose. 
You want to know why? Because you're not fruitful. You're only thinking about yourself. You have to start thinking about why God has chosen you. Why did, universally, why did he choose you? What does the text say? What did the text say? I chose you. And look what he says. And I what? I appointed you. I appointed you. That what? That you would what? Go and bear fruit. And what else? And that your fruit would what? Remain so that whatever you ask, see, God will give a fruitful believer whatever he asked for. I found out. What's happening is this. I'm not fruitful, so therefore, how can I be blessed? And until you and I became, become fruitful, we're not, we can ask, but we are going to be limited in what we receive because we're not seeking his kingdom. It's more than you just showing up here. Listen, when you go to the store, get your eyes ready. Get your, look for opportunities. Say, hey, you know what? Hey, how you doing? You see what I'm saying? So, so you see people. You got people you work with. You got people in your inner circle that, listen, and if, if there are people that you're talking to that they just not hearing, go to somebody else. See, because this world is filled I'm going to bring an illustration next week to show you about multiplication from a fruit. I'm going to show you something next week that's going to bless your life to show you that it's possible for you to be fruitful because God has planted a seed in you. You know what that seed is? The word. <laughs> and guess what? You have the, now let me say this to you evangelism and outreach and multiplication has nothing to do with you. Did you know that? Anybody know that? Has nothing to do with you. The Holy Spirit who lives in you, which I've told you about, he is the one that will guide you in people's paths to say, you know what? Let me tell you about Jesus. He says, look what, you know what I love about the end of this verse? So that what? So that what? Whatever. Put it there. What is it that you need right now? What, what do you need right now? No matter how much we've been stepped on. <laughs> look what he says. So whatever you ask of the Father, what? In my name. He may what? Man, listen. Just imagine this. Every time you ask, you see, I love what Jesus said here. Now, this is Jesus speaking. He says, whatever you ask, I will give to you. Look at verse 17. See, this is what we got to have, y'all. Yo. 
you know, we've been brought up with this mindset, take care of yourself. It's you. But when you, when you become a fisher of men, and when you become a follower of Jesus, and when you understand that Jesus chose you, if you are not fruitful tonight, it means that possibly you're not living to the full potential of your Christian journey. He says, I've chosen you for one reason and one reason only, that you will do what? And appointed you. That you would go and what? Bear fruit. And that your fruit would what? Remain. Thank God that my fruit. Amen. Fruit. Amen. Fruit. Amen. Fruit. You know how I met these people? Through seminary. God has used our seminary as a way to bear fruit for the kingdom. Amen. And, and when the fruit remains, it meant that the fruit was good. Those that don't remain, bad fruit. <laughs> Amen. Every, you know what? Let me tell you something. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. I was riding three weeks ago. And uh, let me tell y'all something. Next time y'all see stuff on the side of the road, don't pick it up. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but I had gotten so thirsty and my water was gone. <laughs> that's, my, that's my excuse, right? And I'm riding and I looked up and I see an orange from somebody's tree had fallen. <laughs> and I looked around. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you, tell you something, y'all. It looks so good. No, it looks so good. I picked it. Look, it looked. Oh my gosh! Let me tell you, it was the most beautiful orange I've ever seen in my life. I went like this. I peeled. I said, "Oh man, it's peeling good." I, that's how I know it's good. Then, man, I bit that orange. I swear, I fell off my bike. My throat started hurting. My stomach started hurting. I threw that thing down. <laughs> Look, I tried to feel, I spit it out. I was like, man, it looked good. It had all of the I had never tasted something so bitter before in my life. So the other day I was riding back. I said, I said man, please. <laughs> I said, the devil is a lie. I kept on riding, man. I said, man, I ain't fooling with that. The question is, are you bitter fruit or are you sweet? Amen. If you have been chosen by God, he says you've been chosen to bear good fruit and that your fruit shall what? Remain. And here's the promise. 
Here's the promise. Whatever you ask, if you keep bearing fruit, watch me now, watch me now. If you keep bearing fruit, whatever you ask, I'm going to bring somebody to church. I'm going to get people to come to the house of God. I'm going to do everything I can to bear fruit so that when I ask God to give my daughter a full ride, it's already done. Amen. I want you to try it. God, help me to be fruitful. Help me to bear fruit. Bring your friends. Bring your neighbors. Bring your little friends from school. Get them into the house of God. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap praise. Thank God.